So I invite you to turn your Bibles with me this morning to John chapter 1, verses 9 through 14, or you will also find it in your worship folder printed there. And let me read God's word for us this morning. So let me pray again for us. Father, we pray that you would, at this time, open our eyes to your word, that you would speak to us. Lord, that we would hear and receive the message that you have for us this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So John chapter 1, this is verses 9 through 14. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is God's inspired word for us this morning. Now, let me give you the sermon in three quick points, just so you know where we're going and how long it's going to take to get there. Number one, Jesus is God like us. Jesus is God like us. Number two, Jesus is God with us. And number three, Jesus is God for us. Jesus is God like us, God with us, and God for us. So number one, Jesus is God like us. That means that the creator stepped low. Now, as Miss Megan said, we had the opportunity to go to Thailand this week, just got back on Thursday, and it was the most amazing and beautiful land. Right, full of amazing and beautiful and artistic people. There's some incredible food, which tastes just like the Thai food that you'll find at the restaurants here. Okay, if you like Thai food here, you'll love it there. And it's very cheap, okay? It's got an incredible land, incredible people. But Thailand is largely um, Buddhist, which if you're familiar with Buddhism, that's not so much a religion as it is sort of a philosophy or a way of life. See, in Buddhism, there is no creator God. There's no heaven. There's no hell. There's no sin. There's no seeking any sort of eternal pleasure. Just the belief that life is full of suffering. And we must learn to get to the point where we can experience not internal joy, but internal tranquility or emptiness. See, through meditation and sacrifice and and making merit, Buddhists hope to get to the state of nirvana, which is basically nothingness, where there are no emotions, no high emotions and no low emotions. And and while that's the, the philosophy is Buddhism, when you go to Thailand, there are literally thousands of temples. They are everywhere, full of these golden idols of Buddhas. They can be in the form of men or women or demons or dragons or elephants or, I mean, it's, it's sort of disorienting actually after a while. Some standing hundreds of feet tall, all gilded in gold, some on top of mountains, some in the middle of the city. 
There's also millions of these spirit houses, which are basically just empty boxes. And they're all over. Um, you, can, you have one in your home, you have one in your business, there's some out on the street. And um, where in these empty boxes, that's where you would go to attempt to appease your local God by offering things. And the favorite things that they like are strawberry Fanta, um, bubble teas, and bowls of fruit, apparently. Thailand is called the land of smiles. And and its people are discouraged from showing or displaying any sort of negative emotion at all. So it's this beautiful land filled with these beautiful and broken people who are attempting to get to a place where they no longer feel the pain of life by seeking gods that they believe are largely powerless and they hope that karma gets those who got them. But, But here in our text... We don't find a golden statue of a God or an empty box. Instead, we discover this message that he was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. See, John is telling us that Jesus is the creator God in the flesh with skin just like us. Now, that term flesh is is sort of like a derogatory term. That's like if if you're talking to your daughter and called her girl, or talking to your mama and called her woman. Okay, that that Jesus is God with skin on, God who put on flesh. The infinite God became finite. The creator became like his creation. This limitless deity took on all the limitations of humanity. Not only that, but as we saw in our play, he was born into a poor family that could only offer a a pauper's or a poor person's offering when they went to the temple of two turtle doves. His parents were denied a proper birthing place at the inn, and they had to put their newborn baby down into this, this box. Do you know what goes in this box? This is what the animals eat out of. A manger is not a typical place for a baby to sleep. God came and put on flesh and condescended all the way to the lowest of the low. He was hunted by evil all of his life, starting as an infant. He experienced the firsthand effects of sin, pain and suffering and loss. As a child, he was a refugee fleeing a murderous madman king. He suffered the death of his father at an early age. He dealt with the excruciating temptation to to take the easy way out of trying to lead a mindless people. He was doubted by his brothers and his mother. He was betrayed and abandoned by his best friends. He was mistreated and disbelieved and spat on and beaten and tortured and murdered. Scripture actually calls him the man of sorrows, acquainted with or familiar with grief. What does this mean? This means that he is not an apathetic God. He is not a detached God, a God who only knows our pain secondhand, right? Or or the God that flies at 40,000 feet looking down at the misery of his creation. He's a God that came low. He's not a God that says, oh, life, life stinks for you. Good luck with that. He's a God who knows what it's like to be us. He knows exactly what it's like. 
with all of our limitations and all of our unmet expectations and all of our shame and all of our disappointment and all of our pain, he knows our coping mechanisms, how we try to hide behind those plastic smiles or, or those mind-numbing screens. He knows us because he came like us. But just knowing what it's like to be us and knowing about us, that's not enough. See, I can know a whole lot about your life as a human being, but I'm still powerless to do anything for you. Just like I can, I can know a whole lot about my own personal pain and, sh- and, gain and, and, and shame and guilt and not be able to deal with it. I can know that you have cancer without being able to do anything for you in your cancer, right? But Jesus didn't stop there. See, Jesus is God like us, but he is also God with us. See, John 1.11, we read it, it says that he came to his own. And in verse 14, we saw that he dwelt among us. Now, hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus, the prophet Isaiah declared that an unmarried woman would become miraculously pregnant, and her son would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And and then when the angel Gabriel came and first spoke to Mary, he quoted Isaiah, and and this is what he's saying. He said, it's all happening. Like now is the time. You are the girl. God is coming to be with you. Now God, the Bible tells us many other wonderful things about who God is. He's all-powerful, he's all-knowing, he's all-wise, he's perfectly holy, he's majestic and radiant and and glorious and eternal and beautiful and on and on and on. So, So he's big and he's powerful and he's strong. And you know what? We need a God like that, don't we? We need a God who's bigger than me. We need a God who's stronger than me, smarter than me, holier than me, and better than me. Because a lot of times we don't feel very big. And we're only pretending to be strong. Have you ever had a really bad day where everything went wrong, you bombed the test, you lost the race, you you said something or did something that hurt someone that you really loved? Or someone that you really loved said something or did something that really hurt you? What do we long for in those moments? We long for someone who knows what it's like who sees us where we are, who knows who we really are, and yet is still willing to be with us. Hear this good news. That is who Jesus is. He knows what it's like, and he still came to be with us because even though God has all these amazing attributes and characteristics, he is still accessible to us because Jesus came to be with us to sit with us, to walk with us, to talk with us, to cry with us, to celebrate with us, to grieve with us, to get angry with us. He doesn't just know what it's like to be like us, but he came to be with us, with those he created, with those who did not recognize him, with those who would reject him. See, he sees our sin and our pain and our need, and he is not repulsed by us. He comes to us. See, we did not push him away, but he drew closer to us. And why is that? Point number three. Because God is for us. He is full of grace 
and truth. Now, if you're anything like me, you might be tempted to think, of course God would want to be with me. I'm awesome. Everybody should want to be with me, right? You should want to to be with me. Can't you see how amazing I am? Don't you know what type of person I am? Well, I'm a proud person, an arrogant person, a narcissistic person, a fool. Anyone else live there? Or is it just me? Okay, just me. Good. But it's not, it's not my awesomeness that draws Jesus to me. It's my sin. It's my pain. It's my need. So the ambulance doesn't come to pick you up in the parking lot of Taco Bell because they just want to have nachos with you. True story. But it's because they come because you need help. That's the, the true part of the story. Because you need help. See, grace is receiving a gift that we don't deserve, and truth is acknowledging a situation for what it is. What is the gift of grace that Jesus offers? It's the right or ability to become a child of God. And what is the truth? Well, the truth is that we don't deserve it. The truth is that we deserve the opposite. The truth is that my sin deserves punishment, and and that we all know this. Right? That's why we try to hide from others when we make bad choices and we do bad things. We try to cover it up. We don't want the truth to get out. Some of us have lived our whole lives trying to, 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 to gloss over, gloss over the truth about who we are because we don't want anyone to know who we really are because we know if they know who we really are, then they won't want to be with, be with me, right? But God is full of truth. He is truth. He knows all truth. And the truth is that he knows what we deserve. And the truth is that he became like us. And he came to be with us because he is for us. The Bible says, if God is for us, who can be against us? So how do we know that God is for us? Our final question. Because he came to us to be with us, to take the punishment that we deserved, to suffer and die in our place so that by believing in Jesus that he is God in the flesh, that he suffered and that he died for us and that he rose again. And so now he lives today that we can even today receive him into our lives. We get this incredible gift of being able to not just know God as our creator, but to call him our true and perfect father and to know Jesus as our best friend and brother. Jesus made this offer to us. He said, my life for yours so that you can have my life in yours. So the glorious son left the loving father so that we, these inglorious sinners, might be able to share in their perfect love, their perfect peace, and their perfect joy. See, we deserve less than nothing but God gave us more than everything by becoming like us, by dwelling with us, and by doing for us what we could not do for ourselves so that we could have everything when we have him. If you want to receive him today, won't you pray with me? Let's all pray together. Heavenly Father, we come and we are reminded that you, are, you became like us 
so that you could be with us because you are for us. The truth is that a lot of us don't really feel like you're for us. A lot of us haven't acknowledged that you are with us and we don't necessarily believe that you became like us, but the truth is that you did those things for us. This is the truth of the gospel, that we deserve nothing and you give us everything. Lord, help us to feel that today. Lord, to know our need for you and to know your love for us. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.